Hello, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We're discussing Louisiana's coast, its people, wildlife, and jobs, and why restoring it matters. Hello, Simone. This, well, this is Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. <laughs> hey, Jacques. <laughs> How are you? I'm really excited to be in the studio. Clearly, <laughs> and you don't want me here. Just keep going. That's fine. Well, happy National Estuaries Week. It's Friday, Junior. That's I don't what know you what can. That means. It's Thursday, Friday, oh, Junior. Hello, T G I A F. Yes, yes, mm-hmm. yes. Um, hey, we talked about last time on the show you were going to that freshwater dinner. I didn't hear about it. Is the house haunted? Well, I didn't have any experiences with uh, with f- fans. Not even after a couple of noirs. <laughs> Uh, no, it was amazing. Cavan is a beautiful restaurant. Chef Nathan Richard did a fabulous menu. We tried all kinds of things. Alligator, you know, just um, beautiful, like, turtle egg um, carbonara. Just, it was, I had to be rolled out, but uh, <laughs> it was a great experience. So, um, and thanks to, again, Chef Nathan Richard and Cavan Restaurant and also Mudbug Brewery, who did a wonderful pairing. So that was a great event. Cool. Cool. What else you been up to? Not much, you know, I mean, busy, but uh, moving offices, you know, doing all day meetings, that sort of thing. I don't know. I don't, we don't want to talk about well, my boring week. While you week. were moving offices, I actually worked this week. So, <laughs> Well, um, tell us about your, well, first of all, let's, happy National Estuaries Week. Yes. According to the Home Toast Courier, to the about 110 million people, roughly half of all Americans live near an estuary. That doesn't surprise me. People like to live by the water. Yeah. And so what is it? We're going to have some scientists on who will tell us precisely what an estuary is but it's essentially an area where you know salt water from the gulf or other you know seas mix with fresh water agreed is this a test i don't know it's just information (laughs) but uh in louisiana it creates the bounty of species from freshwater to saltwater brackish that we know and love so you know of course i grew up in homo we talk about that all the time right but that is in the baratarian terrebone estuary and that's actually part of the national estuary program and so we have a a really fantastic group called bitnap that um that works in the estuary and so they're dialed into some of the other estuaries uh nationally so yeah so not only do we grow up with it but there's actually like you said a national week and national recognition for that and so their program actually runs through epa so yeah so they were um so bitnap actually made a presentation at the CPRA meeting this week. So, right. Yeah, I was going to ask about that. So yeah. you've been busy going a, a few meetings. Sure. So how was the CPRA board meeting? It was good. It was good. So uh, they covered a couple of different topics. They talked about Lower Mississippi River. They talked about um, estuaries. They talked about the Center for River Studies, which is where they, um, amazing new building where they're housing the um, physical model for the river. Uh, there was a great article um, in The Advocate about it. And then also we talked about this before, but CPRA does a recap now after their weekly board meetings. Um, and so in case you couldn't go, uh, you can catch up with it there. Um, like I said, they send that out. Uh, and also sometimes they even Facebook Live their meetings. And so if you can't make it to Baton Rouge, um, you can still participate in the meetings. Yeah. Um, and, you know, those meetings are always really informative. And as far as the River uh, Studies Center, I mean, we'll have to have Rudy Simino back on yeah, to talk yeah. about it. I know he's <laughs> been busy working to Get it ready, get it Barthano. open. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we, we do need to have those guys back for an update. So. Well, and I know you were at another meeting with, um, you know, Chairman John, Johnny Bradbury sure. and uh, Mark Davis from Tulane uh, talking about coastal issues that was hosted on the North Shore. Yeah. BGR, right? Yeah, BGR Bureau of Governmental uh, Research. They hosted a meeting uh, and Johnny spoke about the master plan and Mark Davis from Tulane, which our next guests have a, a connection to Tulane as well. Uh, he talked about kind of what's not in the plan uh, and what people need to still be thinking about here in coastal Louisiana. So you want to start talking to our next guest? Yeah, well, let's bring on um, Dr. Theron Henkel with uh, Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. You know, 
Temperatures are cooling slowly, nice. but well, not, they're not getting today. there. Fall's like coming. It, huh? I know. It's, yeah. We had that nice cold snap, and now it's gone. But anyway, that means it's time to get out in the marsh, get dirty, and get to work restoring the coast. And so our next, um, our guest today will be telling us about all the volunteer opportunities that are coming up for you to get out, do tree plantings, oyster shell recycling, all kind of things like that, where you can not only get um, your hands uh, you know, dirty doing a lot of this work, but you get to learn a lot about the issues and, and really experiencing it like nowhere, nowhere else. So anyway, let's get to our first guest, uh, Dr. Theron Hinkle. Uh, welcome to Delta Dispatches. Thank you for having me. Um, so Theron, tell us a little bit about what you do over there at um, Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation. I work in the Coastal Sustainability Department. So our main mission uh, is to restore the coast in our, in our basin. Um, our basin is the Pontchartrain Basin, so basically everything east of the Mississippi River is under our purview. So we have um, we do a lot of water quality initiatives and restoration initiatives in that basin. And one of our major successes is getting Lake Pontchartrain itself removed from the impaired water bodies list. Yeah, absolutely. And we've had you know your colleague Dr. John Lopez on the show before, and I mean, of course, so many people in the area know um, Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation through the Save Our Lake branding and now you're helping to save our coast and you know we we're talking about this earlier but you have your 30th anniversary nearly approaching right so that's right in 2019 it will be our 30th anniversary darren how long have you been there i started at lpbf in 2009 so you're a northwest girl i am not <laughs> west coast <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> i was very careful to say which west right northwest girl but you made your way all around getting an education too right that's right yep and this is uh, yeah I, i've lived this is my third city i've lived in i moved down here to work on my phd because i really was interested in wetlands and if you want to study wetlands this is the place to be nice estuary yeah <laughs> Well, and uh, you're a Seahawks fan, but we'll forgive you on that one. Are you the 12th one. man? Yes. Is that the thing? I yes. mean, no comment. <laughs> well, uh, you know, Who since it is National Estuaries Week, Theron, I have to ask you this question, even though I've asked, asked it to you yesterday in our meeting. What is your favorite estuarine species? I like to highlight the flora, since mm. most people think of the fauna. Mm. And I am going to highlight the red maple, the swamp red maple tree. Ah, very because cool. very early in the winter, it doesn't have leaves, but it's bright red seeds come out. And some of the first color you see in the swamp in the mm -hmm. spring. So it's uh, as much of a uh, kind of foliage changing as we're going to get in Louisiana. Probably. You know, all the bird people, you say, oh, what's your favorite bird? They're like the last one I saw. Yeah. Like, yeah. So I'm, I thank you for that detailed answer. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> All right, so you spend a lot of time out in the swamps and the marsh. You do a lot of monitoring, um, speaking about getting your hands dirty. So what is, you know, when you're out of the office, out, you know, um, you know, in the, working on the coast, what does that typical day look like for you? Uh, it's an early day. <laughs> you start very early in the day. You usually leave at 6 a.m. Because it's hot or just for... It's hot and, and you'd rather do a few long days instead of more short days. Gotcha. Get it done, <laughs> always. Time is money, as per usual. And um, so, yeah, we get out. We usually take a boat out to wherever we're going and um, get out in the marsh. So can you drive a boat there? Is that a... I cannot. <gasps> but I really? Can, but I can trailer a boat like oh, nobody's Oh, okay. That's more important, like, I actually. I can back down the ramp like in two seconds. I'm that's the hard part. I agree. That is the hard part. <laughs> so, Sorry. No, I had, to, I had yeah. to ask. Yeah, we get out there in the marsh and, you know, there's a variety of studies we do. We have a lot of different science initiatives. So it depends on what we're doing that day. As far as research, um, that so there's the, the beauty of my job and why I love it is there is no typical day. So you got your doctorate from Tulane, right? Do you work with other students a lot? 
Sometimes, not as much anymore. I'm, I, in my personal life, I do. I like to go give talks, and mm-hmm. inspire people, and tell them how to make it through. <laughs> yeah. Well, speaking of uh, inspiration, right? So we were talking about all the volunteer opportunities that are coming up as mm-hmm. the temperature's cool. Um, so what are those opportunities that LPBF is offering people to get out and volunteer and help restore the coast? So our major opportunity to get outside and get dirty is the tree plantings that we do. We do some of them ourselves and some in partnership with Coalition to Restore Coast Louisiana, which we'll be talking about in later segments with, with CRCL. But um, we, that's a swamp restoration initiative. Swamps are very important. They provide good storm surge protection. So restoring our swamps is very important. And um, we like to get the volunteers out there and get them, and get them dirty. And we have... Between the two organizations, we have 8,000 trees to put in the ground this winter. So where do y'all get the trees? How, how does that even come about? Because you, you have to, that's the whole thing, right? You have to get the trees and yeah, you got to plant the trees and all of that takes a lot of coordination, effort, and right, even money. Yeah. So far, we've been very lucky in that we have a great partner, Restore the Earth Foundation, mm-hmm. who has donated all the trees that we have planted so far. And so they, that's a great cost savings and we get those trees and then we get them delivered and get out in the marsh and plant them in with the volunteers. Well, 8,000 trees, that's a lot of work, and it's going to have a huge impact. So we're going to talk after the break about what that entails and how you can get involved. You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. Hi, I'm Don Cheadle. Listen up. I want to talk to you about something important, the Environmental Defense Fund. EDF isn't like some of the other environmental groups. EDF works together with those on both sides of the issue. Despite all the fighting in Washington, EDF has found ways for both parties to support real progress. That has made our air and water cleaner and the products in our homes safer. So not only can our planet prosper, so can our future. Go to EDF.org to see how you can help. At Audubon, we believe that where birds thrive, people prosper. Nowhere is that more evident than in Louisiana. Integrating science, education, and policy, Audubon, Louisiana's mission is to conserve and restore natural ecosystems, focusing on birds, other wildlife, and their habitats for the benefit of humanity and the Earth's biological diversity. Visit la.audubon.org to learn more and support our mission. la.audubon.org. Restore a Retreat is a coastal nonprofit organization working in the heart of the Barataria and Terrebonne Basins, from the Mississippi River to the Atchafalaya. We work every day to restore Louisiana's coast community and culture with our mission of implementing long-term and large-scale projects for our irreplaceable region. We'll hope you join us in supporting the solution. Check us out on Twitter, Facebook, and online at www.restoreorretreat.org. Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. My name is Simone Malaz with Restore Retreat. And I'm Jacques Hebert with Audubon, Louisiana. We're here every Thursday on 990 WGSO and online through our podcast. So we were talking to Dr. Theron Henkel of Lake Pontchartrain Basin uh, Foundation. And what we were talking about during the break is that um, the volunteers offer opportunities that uh, LPBF and CRCL 
offer to folks is something that, you know, we struggle with sometimes of how to connect people to the coast. Um, We had Aaron on last week that was talking about a sportsman's paradise. If you don't fish, if you don't hunt, how how do you feel even more connected? And, And how can you really, most importantly, feel like you're doing something? And I feel like the volunteer activities that y'all do, it really is one of the very few ways that we can connect people um, to the coast. So, Theron, you think, yeah, I mean, y'all offer beach sweeps, y'all offer lots of varieties yeah, of things. So, yeah, we have a lot of ways that you can get involved in tree plantings is just one way. But if you're not, don't like to get muddy or maybe are intimidated by bugs or something, I totally understand that. And we have other ways you can get involved. Twice a year, we do huge basin cleanups where you get big groups out, pick up garbage. Even basin, even like catch basins and catch stuff basins, too. Yeah, uh, and we put we put sticker those little stickers on the basins mm-hmm. that say drains to lake because everything that gets into the storm drains ends up in the lake. So that's a way to clean up our, your lake without getting on the yeah, water. Yeah, we also um, you can volunteer to be a docent, which means you can lead tours at our museum at our lighthouse. Lighthouse. Yep, the lighthouse on on the lakefront in the, the west end. Lighthouse, huh? and it's um, right next to Landry's. And you can, if, I mean, not just volunteering, but you can visit and do a tour, correct? Right. Yep. You can do a tour of the museum there, but if you can, you can volunteer to learn how to also give tours of, in that museum. That's called a docent. You also can be part of our coastal crew where you get trained and you basically become an ambassador for LPBF and for the coast. And what we'll send you out to tabling events and things like that to help us um uh, get get our message out there. Yeah, because y'all are out at different community activities exactly. as well, CRCL too, yeah. right? We'll, different opportunities. We'll be at Boyle for the Bayou this Saturday. So exactly. We'll, so oh, we'll yeah. nice. Theron, you should be that. on the, yeah, yeah. Nice segue, Theron. Nice yeah. segue. Well, but, and I know, I mean, y'all have also done cleanups around Bayou St. John, you know, so yep. you're really just like ingrained in the community. That's right. Yeah, there's a lot of opportunities to, to help and clean up. And then also, I always just like to plug our lighthouse as an amazing venue that can be rented for anything oh, you want to do. I, I actually didn't know that. Weddings, That's good to family know. reunions, corporate crawfish boils. We had one gentleman rent for an hour on the balcony to propose to his girlfriend. You know, anything you want. It really is a beautiful spot. It's space. a beautiful spot. Yeah. So you could it's right looking right out at the, on the lake. So getting back to plannings a little bit, you know, and we're gonna we're gonna talk to Deb from um, CRCL about this, but what can someone expect on a typical day when they're out planting, doing a marsh planting? We like to be very, very realistic about what you're going to expect. And it is muddy work. Um, the ground isn't always solid. There are the holes that you'll fall in, maybe up to your waist. And Do you get, have age, like a certain age, or so if it's preferred partner, age, if maybe? It, yeah, if it's a partnership with CRCL, those ones are 16 and up. And if it's one that only LPBF is running, it's 12 and up. Um, we let, you know, and, and we love groups. So if you have a whole group of people that want to come out, um, I think Jacques is going to get us a group, maybe. My oh! rugby team, we're going to get out. Yeah. The Crescent City Ruguru. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Yeah. So anytime you want to get a group out, we, t- we love groups. And um, it's just a great way to, to get involved and get dirty and feel like you're actually doing something. And my dream someday is that we'll be able to see all these all these trees from Google Earth. Uh, you can oh, very cool. I love yeah. that image. <laughs> And uh, I mean, you said 8,000, but like how many do you, uh, you guys had a report recently, right? About the number of trees yeah. that you've planted over time. What's the, the so we're, a li- I think we're a little over 56,000 wow. total wow. In, the, in the Pontchartrain Basin between which that's, that's a you partnership 56, with 56,000 tree babies. Yeah. With CRCL, Restore the Earth Foundation and LPBF that's together. That's awesome. 56, so we want to bring, um, you know, Deb Abibu from um, CRCL on, but real quick there and where can people go to learn more and sign up to volunteer? Um, definitely our website, sayralake.org, uh, our Facebook page, which you can just, you know, Google Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation for that. Our Twitter is at our basin. 
I don't really know what our Instagram is, but y'all can find it. <laughs> I uh, love it. Honest. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I, and I also just really quickly want to highlight Wednesday. We have a lecture at the lighthouse. That's going to be NOLA trash mob talking about all the stuff we just talked about, how you can help clean up your neighborhood, organize your neighborhood to help do trash pickups. And we also have a haunted lighthouse coming up on ah, August, October 29th. Like that was, that's like our theme. We're going to have to. Yeah. So it's, it's especially good for 12 and under $5 a person. Candies. Very cool. Face painting. Whatever. So wait, when is the haunted? The October 29th. Very cool. Yep. Very cool. Right before Halloween. That's right. New Orleans is such a fun Halloween city, but yep. sometimes it's not um, kitty adult yeah, Halloween. This is, this is a, this is kid. This is kid. No, no doing your sexy and costumes at this event. <laughs> so Deb, what are you dressing up for Halloween for the lighthouse? <laughs> you know, um, I don't know if we can top last year, um, was a, a Pepe Le Pew and I was the reluctant cat. Uh, uh, that's that funny. Couple. Pepe Le Pew. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we'll officially welcome the Delta Dispatches, Dr. Deb Visco-Abipu, your uh, restoration programs director with the Coalition of Restore Coastal Louisiana, which is also nearing its 30th year anniversary. So these are two organizations that have had a huge impact on the coast and, you know, the last 30 years and still to this day. Right. Um, you know, CRCL is a, uh, you know, the, the oldest and largest organization that is working on um, coastal issues in Louisiana. So um, so we have, you know, some board members have been with us, you know, for, you know, for a very long time and a really great dedicated uh, group, you know, supporting this work. That's, that's awesome. And, you know, hats off to both of you and all your staff and supporters. Um, and I want to ask, because we love partnerships and we see how effective partnerships are and, um, you know, addressing this issue. So Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation and Coalition of Restore Coastal Louisiana actually partner on these tree plantings. So what, how, how does that work? And, you know, how do you partner together on that? Yeah, um, you couldn't design something that fits together so well. You know, um, CRCL was able to get the funding from um, CPRA, the Coastal Protection and Restoration Authority, and LPBF has been... Um, partnering by selecting sites and doing monitoring work and helping with other aspects like boats and logistics. Uh, and then we brought in um, the Restore the Earth partnership that Theron mentioned uh, to provide the trees. So these four organizations have fit together nicely. And I guess the fifth part, essential part, is would be you. You know, the volunteers um, are really the engine of the whole operation. And I'm so curious, like, you know, I'm excited to get out there and do it myself, but for someone that maybe it's their first time doing a tree planting, do you see that excitement, that enthusiasm? Like what has it been rewarding for you to see people get out and actually do this work? Absolutely. Uh, sometimes it's endearing. There'll be, uh, you know, the first half hour of hesitation when people realize and have to come to terms with the yeah. fact that... What did I get myself into yeah. today? <laughs> <laughs> that they're going to sink in the mud and that they're going to get dirty. And, um, you know, once people accept that, you know, or then um, they get to like, let themselves have fun. And, uh, and like you were talking about, Simone, some of the, the problems that we're facing as a coast and some of the solutions are just very large scale and daunting and um, intimidating. But this is something where, you know, everybody can, can, you know, participate and make a contribution and know that it's a significant contribution right, because and, right. of how long this program has been going on and how many total trees Theron was mentioning um, that, you know, you're your drop in the bucket really does add up. Yeah, I love that. And I'd like mm -hmm. to emphasize that we have had many return volunteers. 
So if well, that there, if there's that your real endorsement, right? right? Y'all didn't people, scare him away. People come back. Yeah. <laughs> We've only lost a couple to gators <laughs> or to the mud. Well, I have to ask Deb. Um, you know, what is your favorite estuarine species? Oh yeah. Are you gonna go with please the flora that, or please the fauna? Please note that Jacques didn't ask me because <laughs> as the science ladies. Um. You know, I, I come from an ornithology background. Mm. God, the show. <laughs> I mean, AKA Burner. Bird. I'm beginning to bird think nerd. this is like the bird takeover <laughs> over here. We've hijacked the show, Simone. <laughs> and, um, you know, recently I, I saw a tricolored heron out in the marsh, and they're always one of my favorites because I feel like they are the flamboyant Louisiana lady. Nice. You know, sitting out there. I like me there. a Fushal flamingo. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Rosie at Spoonbill. Spoonbill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I like. Thanks for asking, Josh. Yeah. Okay, Simone. So what is your favorite estuarine species? It's too late. It's too late. <laughs> We're going to go to commercial. Maybe one of us will be back. Okay. We'll see if we don't sink into the mud. All right. Well, you are listening to Delta Dispatches. We are discussing all the opportunities that are coming up to get your hands dirty and have a direct impact on is restoring our leaving us? Theron, shout out again. Theron for... will be back for one okay. more segment. Okay, good. Don't yeah, try to yeah. kick me out. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's like Survivor around yeah. here. Who's going right. to go? You're listening to Delta Dispatches on WGSO 990 AM. National Wildlife Federation gives voices to the wildlife conservation values that are part of our country's heritage. We are charting a new course for wildlife that our children and grandchildren will thank us for. Visit our website, nwf.org Louisiana, to find out more about our work to restore and protect coastal Louisiana for generations to come. National Wildlife Federation, uniting all Americans to ensure wildlife thrive in a rapidly changing world. nwf.org Louisiana. Are we talking about flora and fauna during the break? We were talking about, I think, more of the flora than the fauna. We we were um, I'm using smart people to identify weird things in my yard. Well, I guess and... that was fauna. <laughs> yeah. yeah. See, yeah. that is not, whatever that is on my door is not my favorite estuarine. Mowing the flora. <laughs> 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 All right, so welcome back to Delta Dispatches. I'm Simone Malaz. I'm Jacques Hebert. We're back. Um, you're listening to us on 990 WGSO. You can also find our podcast, not just this one, will be available maybe tomorrow. Yeah, but uh, previous episodes Delta as well. DeltaDispatches.org. Go there, subscribe. We have, about, this is our 26th episode. Um, and catch up on old episodes. We've got a lot of great interviews, very interesting people. That you can hear how bad we to. were in the beginning. Yeah, and I know. How little improvement we've made. Apparently we have a fan. <gasps> ah, I heard. We got a fan. We got fan mail. I don't want to jinx it. Fan mail. I know. <laughs> yes. <laughs> we're not related to him either. Yes, I, that was an important point to make. Okay, so we have Dr. Theron Henkel and Dr. Deb. Abby Boo, Jacques told me. Uh, <laughs> you put the ambassador <laughs> on the wrong syllable. So we're Abby talking Boo. about uh, their respective partner organizations to ours as well as their actual work. And so um, we wanted to talk a little bit more about, um, you know, Theron, during the break we were talking about, you're not just planting trees to plant trees, right? Yeah. There's an, they play an important role. Yeah, so we're doing swamp restoration and, you know, planting trees is great. But another reason why we want to do this, I think I mentioned earlier, they offer great storm surge protection. But the two main locations we're doing it, one is near... Um, the Carnarvon Freshwater Diversion and Braithwaite. The Braithwaite. Shout, shout out. I can't believe. <laughs> shout out. And and right there, there's a brand new levee that they just built, a brand new federal levee. And we're trying to get the swamp forest established in front of that federal levee. 
so that it can help with the storm surge, protect the levees that protect your people. It's part of that multiple line of defense where you get as many bumps in the road as you can. Then another main location we're doing it is on the Maripaw Land Bridge. And the Maripaw Land Bridge is in, it's, it's the land bridge in between Lake Maripaw and Lake Pontchartrain. And it's incredibly important for Baton Rouge. Baton Rouge, you're becoming more and more coastal. It's so beautiful Learn, out there, yeah. too. I've been out right. there with you before. It's so, it's, so different and beautiful. It's, it's yeah, nice. it's a beautiful swamp there. But with that land bridge, if, if that goes away, storm surge is coming right in Baton Rouge's backyard. So that's a very important, another important multiple lines of defense feature. And let's get some forest on that and keep it stable. So, so someone, y'all get the trees grown, a little grown, right? Um, and there's probably a better way to say this. They're about uh, Yeah, they're about nine months to a year old. They're about three to four feet tall and just like, you know, a little twig in a, in a gallon pot. We, we never said they're cypress trees, correct? Oh, we do. No, we do multiple species. So cypress, we do the most of because that's the most salt tolerant of the swamp mm. species. So just in case, but we also plant water tupelo, black gum tupelo, swamp maple, and we've done a few green ash. So you get them at that age and then y'all don't just plant and leave, right? I mean, this is Louisiana. Things happen to them. So yeah. you do things to protect them almost. Right. Um, one way that, we protect the trees is with these uh, nutria excluder devices. Oh, I like it. <laughs> which is essentially a sheet of plastic. Um, if, but if you imagine that curling around the base of the tree. and So and we've talked we, about nutria on this show before and, and the problems that they can cause too, right? And so this yeah, is... Yeah, they're an invasive rodent and... Um, rodent. They, I like that she went aggressive <laughs> on that too. She's not sugarcoating that. No. no um, and without these protectors... Um, you know, most of our trees wouldn't make it. I would like to say that we learned that the hard way. (laughs) One of our first plantings, we put 200 in the ground without nutrient protectors on them. We came back a week and a half later, 99% of them were chewed off. You were just planting a bunch of nutria food. Yeah. And they didn't even really eat them. They just chewed them off and left them there for us to find. It was pretty rude. Rat. Yeah. You know, Yeah, what a bunch of rats. Um, But you know that because you go back and you check on them. Right. So LPBF's main part of this partnership is the monitoring program. So we we do the science. So we we tag a bunch of trees each year. We come back and measure them every year. And that's how we have a good idea of survival, um, our success. We also keep track of lessons learned so that each year we become more and more successful. Um, And and those reports are available online, (laughs) saveourlake.org. And um, anyways, yeah, so that and so far, you know, average 80 percent survival across the board. Well, since it is National Estuaries Week, I keep hitting on it. But um, part of this is swamp restoration, right? Mm -hmm. So we're talking about the freshwater habitat and freshwater land that goes out to, um, you know, the brackish and saltwater. So can you tell us a little bit, Deb, about that gradient and why it's important to maintain, you know, freshwater habitat? Yeah, estuaries are special um, because that gradient means you have a variety of species and they serve as uh, as nurseries a lot of times for different parts of the life cycle. You know, species that their adult form may end up further out in the saltier water, but um, but the young, you know, uh, juveniles will shelter in the estuaries. So um, CRCL has produced a really nifty estuaries graphic that you could find at crcl.org that um, just helps one picture where different um, you know, species are along the gradient um, and to, to help, you know, the, the layperson see it all in one place and, and, you know, visualize where you might find certain species from the gradient from fresh to salty water. 
Yeah, y'all, y'all have that. Y'all, don't y'all also have multiple lines of defense, right? Going back to Darren and this, right? <laughs> that's right, <laughs> um, developing that, All of that helps visualize. I think that the way you said it, too, is really important for people. They maybe know it, but they don't know how maybe it all interacts or, you know, or, or they can see it in that, that way. And the visuals, they're beautiful. They really are. So, And I think Jacques mentioned in a break maybe that, you know, huge portions of the world population live in estuaries. Mm-hmm. And that's and the reason for that is because estuaries are so productive. And the mm-hmm. reason why estuaries are so productive is because you have fresh all the way to salt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I mean, we talk about that. We have what we're facing really is a, a problem of saltwater intrusion. And, and, you know, we have no shortage of saltwater habitat, right? So mm-hmm. we really need to try to make sure that we're maintaining the freshwater habitat and the, the full gradient. Or we risk losing some of the iconic species that we know and love, like the American alligator. And also yeah. once it goes salt, it, you know, that's, that's a, hard corner to turn back around right um, is well that fair? I, it is hard but i you know i think with the, with some of our techniques i'm sure you've talked about on the show like mm-hmm. sediment and freshwater diversions that's a way to get the fresh end back on an estuary and back to natural back to and yeah and yeah. so the carnarvon to freshwater diversion that's the only reason we can plant trees there is because that diversion is there and it created that fresh habitat very good so, uh, Deb, I mean, we were talking, getting back to the plantings a little bit. What types of people are you getting out for these plantings? You know, is it kind of a, a mixed bag? Like, are they mostly local? Or are you getting people from out of state? Um, give us a, a kind of a breakdown of some of your volunteers. Sure. We get the best types. We have the best <laughs> volunteers. <laughs> um, and, and it really does vary. Um, we've had groups come in from Maine before <laughs> to volunteer with us. Um, you know, sometimes college groups come down to visit um, but our, our most dedicated volunteers are the locals who are, are working to help what, uh, you know, what they see as, um, you know, contributing what they can in their own backyards. So, uh, so it really varies. We, uh, everything from groups to individuals. And we have, you know, events at a frequency that, um, you know, that's becoming a community of volunteers. So you probably have repeat offenders like yeah. Theron does, uh-huh. right? So, and also they're probably your best recruiters to get more people out there if they've done it once they can bring more people out there and so that's a that's a great kind of network that y'all are building there too right and we try to make it a good experience you know it's um it's always a full you know um i think y'all are honest day. about it too in your descriptions yeah. right <laughs> um, we try to it's, um it's a lot of work and bring right. you know and our, don't and bring our shoes you love right are more geared towards adults mm-hmm. um usually because we're using boats or other dangerous equipment so um, it, do check the age limitation. And then, I mean, to be fair, you're not just going to like throw people out in the marsh. You give them some preparation and overview and safety tips. Is that correct? And snacks. Of course. Snacks. <laughs> snacks. Right. We have good swag. We, we also, yeah. I'll just mention, we we are good to our volunteers because you are good to us. <laughs> and we also, I like to mention that we've also had some of our funders out. So, for example, Valero has given us money to help with the tree planting program. And they send a big group out every year to awesome. plant with us. And they are some of the most amazing planters we've ever actually had. So we get our funders out there as well so they can see the product of their yeah. money. See their investments, yeah. right? Yeah. And these events make great team building opportunities mm-hmm. also. So, you know, think about, you know, bringing out your sports team, your Rugby. party gras crew, mm-hmm. um, you know, whatever your, your, your local your social group is. Dance crew, your right? Dance yeah. My, so, Dad, my... <laughs> tell us about your extracurricular activity. Oh, we right. talk about Jacques sometimes, too. So, let's I hear am, it. Well, I'm on my way after this to uh, practice with the Sirens of New Orleans. Love it. And uh, and the Sirens are, are a dancing crew, and they do a lot of philanthropy. And I will just note that they smashed the record for oyster shell bagging. Wow. Um, yeah, Jacques uh, was talking about how hard yeah, that was. Yeah, a week and a half ago. <laughs> it's, yeah, we're going to talk about that in the next segment.
and it is not i mean it's fun it's rewarding but like you know it is a competition it's hard work <laughs> so catch deb at uh you know the next mardi gras parade or I love you it know, yeah. and if, if you're into theron plays volleyball I play a little beach volleyball and a little soccer. Beach volleyball. I'm president of the Women's Soccer League in New Orleans. Come join us. I think us. I knew that. You played yeah. in high school and when you were growing played up. played in college. College. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. So, Theron, we are going to excuse you, but we um, are so grateful that you were on Delta Dispatches and you talked all about the amazing work that Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation is doing. We're going to have Deb on for one more segment. Theron, tell us one more time where people can go to learn about Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation and volunteer. SaveOurLake.org and the and our Facebook page is the most up to date for upcoming volunteer opportunities. Cool. We are so glad that you came on with us, Theron. Thanks for having me. Who dat? <laughs> 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 All right. You're listening to Delta Dispatches. We'll be right back after the break. <laughs> Welcome back to Delta Dispatches. This is Jacques Bear. I'm Samoma Laws. And we are here with Dr. Deb Abibu of uh, Coalition Restore Coastal Louisiana. So we were talking about volunteer opportunities, right? And tree plantings and all the opportunities to get out in the marsh. But there are other volunteer opportunities and one really unique and cool um, volunteer uh, opportunity is oyster shell recycling. Eat oysters, save the coast. Yeah, we told it? Jimmy about. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> don't want you shuck them. Don't, don't just, just shuck them. Awesome. <laughs> so don't we, say that too quickly. <laughs> <laughs> we had um, a whole episode on your oyster shell recycling program, but for those those who may not be familiar, can you give us a quick uh, overview of the program and what it what it does? Absolutely. Um, the oyster shell recycling program we like to say is a simple and delicious way to restore the coast along the lines of actions that every person can take. And we collect shell from New Orleans area restaurants and recycle it back into our coastal waters uh, to create oyster reefs that protect shoreline. So we are, uh, for one, keeping this valuable resource out of the landfills. And two, we're using it to protect habitat and to restore oyster reefs that's such a great idea and you know um i know some of the best and most well-known restaurants in new orleans are involved right so can, who are some of those restaurants how many and what if you're a restaurant that wants to get involved are you still uh looking for folks to, to do that yeah that's right um we actually have recently reduced our prices so <laughs> um so i really encourage any restaurants that serve um a, a large amount of oysters to get involved we have 13 partner restaurants and we've just added three more in the last couple of weeks um and uh, you know some of our strongest you know supporters include um dickie brennan's bourbon house and born pesh um you know, the the um, Royal Sinesta Hotels, Desire Oyster Bar, Redfish Grill, just to name a few. That's awesome. So you're, I mean, by eating oysters, you're really helping in some ways to restore the coast. So tell us a little bit about um, how you involve people other than, you know, having them mm -hmm. just eat the oysters. You actually have them go out and help build one of these oyster reefs, right? Right. So as always, CRCL is looking to connect the community to coastal restoration. And so the oyster shell recycling program is another way that we can do that. And so at these events, volunteers travel down to Plaquemines Parish 
um, to our marina um, where we store the shell in Buras. And um, they play a role in helping prepare the shell for use in the reef. So the shell is collected at these restaurants um, by Phoenix Recycling. They bring it down to this site so that the shell can cure in the sun. So it has to have all of that food and bacteria broken down so that mm -hmm. the surface is mm -hmm. clean for new oysters to attach. Um, you know, the idea is that once these shells are in the water, they're going to be a culch or a substrate for young oysters to attach to. Now, um, once we have that pile of shell, that's where the volunteers can get involved. And we've had over 400 volunteers participate already in this program. And they um, they come down and do like a half day of work. <laughs> exactly. Um, and and they shovel the shell into bags, um, which are the units of the reef. And then um, those bags will be later deployed by contractors into, um, into our waters. Our first reef was completed last year in Biloxi Marsh. And we've just secured funding to do our second reef. And that's going to be in Barataria Bay. Cool. Very cool. That's awesome. And is it true, maybe, did I hear that there's actually... Is it spat that's be developing off the first reef? <laughs> that's right. Um, although we don't have our official monitoring data in yet, um, we go and visit the reef uh, periodically to do monitoring work and to um, check up on it. And so we have seen evidence of growth of our, our young oysters <laughs> Uh, onto the structure. That's awesome. And it just shows, I mean, of course, there's benefits in terms of water quality and storm surge protection, but also you're, you're potentially growing oysters on yeah, the Yeah, the idea is that it'll, it'll become a living shoreline, you know, as those new oysters grow and they're creating structure, which equals habitat. And again, they're helping attenuate the waves and protect the shoreline from eroding behind it. Yeah. And I mean, I, I did have an opportunity to go down and, and volunteer and you get to the site and you just see this mountain of oyster shells <laughs> and um, you all make it as easy as you can, you know, and fun as you can to like really just shovel oysters into these uh, containers that will be used to create the reef. And it almost becomes like a competition, right? You want to you want to defeat the mountain of oyster uh -huh. shells. And there are incentives. If you if you bag a ton on your own, you can get your name up on the wall of fame. Oh, wow. <laughs> the ton of fun wall. <laughs> That's funny. Mm -hmm. I don't think my name is up there. <laughs> probably oh, I'll see, check. I'll probably check. never see Simone Walls' name uh, well, up I'll have to get back up there, though. Yeah. Maybe try again. Can we collectively maybe have a Delta Dispatches um, place on the wall? Yeah, you know, if uh, you can always go in on on a shell let's is the do it award. together maybe you golden do. shell <laughs> we're not gonna stop you're gonna tell us okay it's done we're like no we're gonna we're keep going until we get on that wall <laughs> mm -hmm. and there's activities for everyone though so if you're not physically able to shovel the shell we need people to prep bags you know for example so don't um so don't cross it off just if you you know, if you have a back issue or something like that, we still welcome you. It's another, I mean, another great team company um, opportunity to get out there and have team bonding and have fun and make a difference. Right. And we, we have public events that are now um, the third Saturday of every month, except November because of Thanksgiving. Hmm. <laughs> but um, we cater a lot to private businesses and groups like you mentioned, because um, we can, we can have a lot of flexibility in scheduling those. Um, so anybody who wants to uh, to arrange a group, um, they can find, um, you know, they can contact me um, 
you know, by, by email, uh, my, my contact information is at crcl.org. And you can see all of these upcoming events on our calendar of events. So when you go to crcl.org, click on the calendar. Very cool. Are y'all going to be at Boyle for the Bayou? I think so. Yes, yes. <laughs> Looking forward to it. So what is Boyle for the Bayou and how can people attend? So it's actually the third annual Boil for the Bayou, and it is in Bell Chase this year, and it's um, September um, 23rd from 12 to 4 p.m. They have all kind of boiled seafood. I've been out there before. Yeah, it's going to be great. I mean, it's at um, 333 F. Edward Aber Boulevard in Bell Chase, um, and apparently there's going to be a, a shrimp cook-off. So oh, they're going to have fun. teams that are competing to see what this is know, i think their first time at the new location yes yeah yep. um so it's a great day it's an, a good opportunity to learn about what's the latest and greatest in terms of coastal restoration and of course eat some good food yeah i think the state's going to be out there and a lot of our partner organizations and so that's one of the things coming up say it again deb where the, can they find more information about some of your activities coming up they can find them at crcl.org click on the calendar of events and then you can register right from there and there's one coming up on the 30th, right, um, in Buras, an oyster shell uh, bagging activity. That's right. Um, so this one uh, will be joined by um, two girls, one shuck <laughs> and, <laughs> out there. And there are still slots available for the public to join. Love it. That's awesome. And in the, the whole program is supported by Shell and the National Fish and Wildlife Foundation. Is that correct? That's right. So our sponsors include Shell, National Fish and Wildlife Foundation, and also the Louisiana Department of Wildlife and Fisheries. Very cool. Such a cool and, program. Uh, yeah. And this year, Phillips 66 also um, has become a community sponsor. That's great. Good. Well, one of the great ways that you can get involved, We talk, like I said earlier, we talk about a lot of different issues on this show. And Deb, you said it, you framed it up exactly correct. Some of it's so large and complex and um, it is daunting. And so this is a really great way for people all different ages, including some of um, Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation's work, along with Coalition to Restore Coastal Louisiana, some of the ways that families and and uh, people can get out there and, and help um, eat oysters, save the coast. <laughs> mm-hmm. Once you chuck them. Don't just chuck them. <laughs> See, I won't say that. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to screw that up. Right? So, um, one more time, and you also offer just like Lake Pontchartrain Basin Foundation planting. So, if, if someone really is in the mind to plant, yeah, our next planting is October fifth, sixth, and seventh. Oh no, wait, where is it? Sorry, fourth, fifth, and sixth. <laughs> Praying for cooler weather for yes, sure. Yes. So, and and we'd love to have somebody from the coalition on again. Well, right before State of the Coast. That's right. So our um, biannual conference, uh, the State of the Coast Conference, is May 30th uh, through June 1st. 1st. Yeah. And, um, you know, it's it's a great gathering of, of minds to um, to assess the status of coastal. Awesome. So we will update you on that. Thank you so much, Deb, for being on and all of CRCL. Um, another great show at Delta Dispatches, WGSO, DeltaDispatches.org. We'll See you talk later, to you next Simone. week. Bye. Bye.